Uh, hey guys, uh, before we started today's episode, we kind of wanted to first address the tragedy uh, that occurred in Jacksonville, Florida on August 26th, as of a time of recording that was yesterday for us. Uh, obviously, it's it's a shocking, senseless, fucking, <laughs> just terrible thing. There's there's a lot of words for it, and it, it hits home a little close for us, not because we're engaged in, in the gaming community so much, but the, you know, both uh, Daniel and myself were Floridians, native Floridians. I mm-hmm. mean, we were in Jacksonville just a year ago, and to think that, like, you know, to have something like this happen in this community. Um, if you wanted a, a quick kind of lowdown, I'm sure you can find a lot of news there, but essentially, uh, uh, yesterday during a... Um, a sponsored Madden tournament, the uh, Madden Classic Series, which was being held. It was the first of four uh, qualifying tournaments uh, sponsored by EA. It was being held uh, at the Jacksonville Landing at a place called GLHF Game Bar. And one of the competitors uh, brought two weapons with him, two handguns. His name is David Katz, 24, from Baltimore, Maryland. He fired uh, into the uh, other attendees uh, at this place and killed two. He killed a Elijah Clayton, 22, and Taylor Robertson, uh, 28. And uh, about nine people were wounded by gunfire. Two were injured from uh, non-weapon-related uh, injuries. And then he uh, took his own life that day. Uh, obviously, there's there's just no good words for any kind of tragedy of this magnitude or nature. And I, I hate the fact that it's like we're starting to become a little nerd to hearing about gun violence to this degree mm-hmm. that that it's it's becoming normalized and that's my absolute fear it's hard at a time like this to like know what's the right thing to say because obviously there's like a there's a degree of shock mm-hmm. to it but um yeah I, I i'll let you take the floor a little bit here before i get more into it i mean i thought it was just kind of super important for us to just take a moment and pay respect i don't think we need to echo anything super hard or lean hard into like our are we pro gun are we this or that i just i really like you said i want to lay in front of the topic and make sure it's there and make sure people know what had happened because i think that's super important and being from florida in i think the last two years we've had quite a number of tragedies that are based around like gun Gun violence happened like mass shootings um one of the largest mass shootings in american history happened in orlando florida the pole shooting Mm -hmm. um and then the parkland shooting just last year no actually that was this year that was in February. The Parkland shooting? Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. that, even this year alone, the, the, so to know that that happened in Jacksonville, we know people in Jacksonville. I have mm-hmm. friends in Jacksonville. That was yeah, sure. not even like two hours from where we lived in Orlando. And we might be like 3,000 miles away right now, but like that's still something that, it hits home for I a lot think of reasons. With every shooting that we hear about, it's hard not to feel that kind of, just feel rattled. Mm-hmm. Uh because it happens in such public places that we engage with all the time. I mean, you look at Vegas, it was happening at a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you take a look at this, and it's happening at a, a at a tournament. And, you know, j- just this weekend, I'm going to PAX. Like, imagine, you know, going to PAX somewhere that's supposed to be this kind of, this, this conglomeration of a shared passion. It's a safe space for people to engage with what they love. The last thing you're thinking about is somebody coming in and opening fire on you. Mm-hmm. And it keeps on happening. And it's worse and worse and worse and worse. And I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier when I hear about it. And there's a consistency to gun violence, which is guns. And that's something that needs to be approached. In my mind, if you like, I, I don't want to make that this totally a political argument, but it mm-hmm. is. That's, that's what it is. I mean, we mitigate 
disasters with, um, you know, like I was saying we board up our windows, we we uh, sandbag the beaches to mm. mitigate a an event that we can't control. We can control guns. Mm-hmm. Legislation can control guns. Mm-hmm. That's the argument I want to make. I, I don't see why something that has become... It, it's become very routine. We're almost desensitized to it at this point. I don't know why it's become so normalized. And it shouldn't mm-hmm. be. And the reactions of, well, it's not a gun violence issue. It's not a gun violence. It's a, a you know, person issue. It's mental health. Or this is influencing them. Or this or that. And it's just like, well, w- what's the common denominator here? You can always make the argument that somebody can you know, do as much damage with a knife or a sword or whatever. But those weapons aren't in the question here. The, mm-hmm. the question is, should we do something about this? And yes, there, if Parkland wasn't, or Pulse, or Columbine, if all those situations were an indication that something needed to happen, th- this needs to be. Because this can't go on any longer. This It's a scary, frightening thing that we've normalized. And it makes me just afraid and sad and angry, like you said, uh, to continue to live in a world where the, nothing is changing. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- why can't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to live in fear. And, you know, that's what it feels like uh, time and time again, where it's like I can't even engage in normal. It's like going to a movie theater without even like thinking in the back of my mind that somebody's going to fucking open fire. You know, I I was terrified for a good like year after the Aurora incident to even want to be in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And it still lingers in my mind because that's something that it it might have happened uh, like five, six years ago at this point, but th- that should always feel fresh. We shouldn't forget mm-hmm. those things. We should let them resonate with us so we can do something. The more we lay dormant with it, the worse it's going to get. And I don't know who we have to shake out of uh, Congress or Senate or which lobbyists we have to like kind of convince otherwise, but like things need to change. Absolutely need to. Um, on any level. I mean, yes, sure. It is a dated amendment right that is what it is that can't change just amend it a little bit like make them less accessible (laughs) it just seems like it's a simple root cause and everyone wants to make it into a complicated answer and i understand it but it's like you know the access the accessibility of these weapons i mean i know you have some very personal feelings and experiences that that deal with that uh, yeah, like anybody who's close to me knows that I have a, a kind of recent history with um, handgun violence and suicide, and I feel strongly that there should be a restriction uh, of access to handguns or any sort of weapon uh, who are mentally ill or recently have been admitted in the last year or so as being a mentally ill person. Um, I think the rate at which they're able to be accessed, whether through uh, professional venues or pawn shops or elsewhere, it's... It's frightening to think that people are able to gain such mm-hmm. quick access to them too, even with like histories like that. Um, so, I, point of fact, uh, uh, David Katz did purchase these weapons legally in mm-hmm. Maryland. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anybody who knows me knows I have a sort of. I have opinions on this. I just don't voice them too often because it feels like I am shouting in the void, and I don't. I don't know. I just, I feel like me screaming about it only goes so far. I can tell my story, but in these moments of tragedy, my story isn't nearly as important as no. like the story of those lives that are taken, whether it's, um, Jacksonville landing or Parkland or Sandy hook, Aurora, Vegas. Vegas, like don't forget these places. Don't forget that these things are happening because they're happening a lot and they're going to keep happening unless we do something about it. And I know I've said before, there's a lot of like money, moving around a lot of legislation that we can't really push our hands on, but somebody can. And I hope 
that something happens soon. Stay angry, stay vocal. That's what I got for you. And also stay positive. I know that's the hardest thing here, but this is an event that happened to a community that otherwise is about togetherness and mm-hmm. about experiencing a shared passion with each yeah. other. And to have it invaded in such a way is awful and it's shocking and it makes you afraid. I shouldn't have to like text my friends who live in Jacksonville or elsewhere and be like, hey, are you safe? I heard what happened. Like That shouldn't be a thing I should have to worry about. Um, and I knew friends who almost went to that event too. And it's just like to think that like something could have happened Mm -hmm. to them like that. No, that's unsettling to me. No, um, it's untenable. And I don't know how many more times that we have to hear about something like this happening before someone feels like a a compromise is in store mm -hmm. because right now it's like an iron wall. In the meantime, if anyone out there does want to help the uh, families of the uh, deceased victims, there is a confirmed GoFundMe uh, that's going on right now. It's apparently it's somebody who's a part of the Madden community and is friends with both of the competitors that lost their lives. Uh, you can actually go to GoFundMe.com slash RIP dash true dash and dash spot, which is uh, rest in peace, rest in peace, uh, true and spot, which were their nicknames of the uh, deceased victims. Currently, they're sitting at like 16000 I believe, wow. of a uh, 100000 goal. Mm-hmm. Those are going to the families to help out with whatever costs that they make. And also, if you're local or elsewhere, please, if you're able to, there are still 10 people who are critically injured. Donate blood if you can. If you have a blood that matches those, try and donate if you can. Any any ounce goes a long way. Please do. And so I, um, we both kind of agreed that we wanted to give a moment of silence for Elijah Clayton and Taylor Robertson. Okay, and on to the episode. Thanks. Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming, news, and discussion. My name is Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And today is... August 27th. Let me help you out there, Kevin. You've had a long day. August 27th. (laughs) (laughs) I have had a long day, dude. I've been tired as fuck all day. Yeah, long work day? It's, well, it's, it's more like it's been like... The tail end of last week being long. I've been I've been a a video game content boy. You really have all been, week, though. man. I've been driving at this. I think what your three day stream schedule turned into five or six days. Oh, I started adding bonus streams like out of nowhere because <laughs> I'm did. just like, hey, I got nothing going on. I'm I'm waiting for uh, some Jimmy Johns. I might as well do a stream. Do like a five minute stream. <laughs> yeah, a Spe- mukbang. Speaking of <laughs> mukbang, uh, speaking of, I uh became a Twitch affiliate. Congratulations, my dude. Don't spike those levels, man. Spike those levels. Spike those... Okay, no, no, no. I won't so do it. I won't do it. We how long have you been streaming for? Because I remember you've been Decades. doing this long into us living together in Oviedo. So I used to stream like on and off like a lot. And uh, if you're wondering, the channel is twitch.tv slash the red herb named so for Resident Evil fame. Mm. Uh, the famous red herb that everyone talks about. Well, they don't talk about the lesser herbs, like the blue and yellow herbs. The yellow is the one that I think that gets, like, the most disrespect. <laughs> right? It's still kind of crucial. But, but it's super crucial, yeah. but only shows up in part four and five, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay. We, we can have a whole other podcast about the breakdown of the different herbs across uh, different Resident Evil games, but that's mm. really... That's our separate cast, the Spice Cabinet. Where that's we're talking a Patreon about. exclusive. <laughs> the Spice Cabinet. So no, that was really cool. Uh, I the big change that I had was like I was always sitting above like yeah maybe like twenty five followers or something like that, mm-hmm. and I just told myself well I'm kind of using the red herb to advertise this little jobby we got going on the save room. That's us. And that's us. It's me. It's you. It's us. And I was like okay what the one thing that 
uh, fosters an audience? Consistency. Consistency is the only fucking thing that helps a uh, community grow. I would say that's key in really anything you do, that mm-hmm. discipline. Right. And people respond to that. So you set yourself a schedule, what, like not even a month ago, right? Not even a month ago, yeah. <laughs> and I got a lot of really cool engagement, a lot of cool people like jumping through. Mm-hmm. Uh, just And I'm just playing random games and like some games people respond to a little less. Yeah. DMC, Devil May Cry. What the fuck? <laughs> but they say stream what you love, right? Stream what you love, man. That's well, all that matters. They, they also go, but be a niche streamer. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> stream what you love. You never get a day of hate in your life. Right. That's been really cool. Uh, so if, uh, again, uh, I guess I'll shout out the stream schedule on this podcast. Yeah. We're doing some co-mingling right now. For sure. Um, I do Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the week, and that's going to be at 8.30 p.m. PST, unless uh, we give you advance notice of otherwise mm-hmm. on my personal Twitter, at Kevin Apocalypse, or on the Save Room Twitter, at Save Room Show. See, I'm doing the housekeeping organically yeah. <laughs> throughout here. Uh, yeah, and then weekends are kind of up in the air because we uh, I tend to record in the morning, and mm-hmm. then I try to like stream in the afternoon or maybe a little bit later, but I will announce beforehand and update the schedule on the dashboard for all to see. I'm not sure. This weekend's going to be a little fucky because I'm going to PAX. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I don't think I'll be able to That'll keep That'll be a whole other well string of con- content for you. Yeah. So I might even throw in an extra day like this week, like Thursday or such, like uh, a stream night. Let, you know? let me get the tenets here. So the listeners, some of them might not know, right? What does it mean to be a Twitch affiliate? Like, what did you have to do? What were your qualifiers oh, oh, for that? Oh, oh, oh. So you have uh, four requirements, uh, one of which is that you have a, have to have a concurrency or an average of three concurrent viewers per stream. You have to stream over a set amount of hours. I think it's only like eight hours, like within the last 30 days. Yeah. All of these are actually within the last 30 days. And then uh, the last one, did I name three? I don't even know anymore. Another one of them is your follower yep. account. You have to have above 50. I'm sitting at, I don't even want to throw them, like, I don't care about yeah. numbers that much, but it's really cool that people are, like, jumping in mm-hmm. uh, about 70-something. Oh, dude, that's cool. Yeah. It's so, just... It blows my mind because I thought when you were streaming in Orlando still like that, you would already hit that number. No. And then when I, like, became a Twitch streamer myself and saw all the tenants for, like, you know, what you need to be become affiliate and, you know, reach that milestone, I was like, oh, shit, 50. And I was like... How's Kevin not an affiliate yet? I'm especially impressed because yeah. I am uh, streaming natively from the PS4, which yeah. is not a preferred uh, viewing experience for a lot of uh, the users on the Twitch uh, Twitch community. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people don't, don't care. They just want to see the game. They care about your personality. And I think that's what it is. Like, it, across the save room and the red herb and then with you, with Twitch.tv, uh, Dungeons and Daniels. Mm-hmm. Or Daniels and Dungeons. No, you got it right. Yeah, I got it right in one. Um, I think the 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 big thing is um, I'm bearing the lead. What was I saying two seconds ago? The thing with these certain <laughs> content pillars that we have. The content pillars. Yeah. Right. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I lost that dude. I okay. totally <laughs> lost what I was trying okay. to say. <laughs> so you're saying across the red herb, the save room, and my Twitch. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah fuck now it's now it's like a quiz hmm. god i forgot i actually had a really like eloquent point about that well <laughs> you stay eloquent and that's why i think people like you you have your camera going people can see you you interact in a very clean and cool way and you oh i know what it up. is it's about just doing it <laughs> <laughs> like if you so we have a saying so uh especially because i took like a program manager class and the teacher was just like uh, perfect is the enemy of good. Mm-hmm. People will put off their projects and their their thing, whatever that may be, because they want it to be perfect. When they re- unveil it to the world, they don't. They want it. 
they have that ideal scenario of like everyone engages, everyone loves it, nobody has any criticisms. That's not how it's going to go. You mm-hmm. have to build that and you got to get your you got to sharpen your teeth with this whole like being a personality thing, yeah. you know, too. You you got to put yourself out there first and then build those components around it. So that's my piece of advice for anybody that's doing content creation. That's cool. Okay. We also sharpened our teeth and you you pulled full workflow on us last week by being like, <laughs> "Hey man, let's do sure some did. more." So since our last episode, episode 50, not 50, episode 36. It's kind of like 50. It's Yeah, it's, we're in the 50s at this point. Yeah. Uh, we became accessible across different platforms. Mm-hmm. You can now find The Save Room on iTunes. We're The Save Room Boys. There, leave us a review. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> Google Play and Stitcher. And, and Stitcher. RSS feeds, wherever you can find it. Wherever your ears can find us. Right. We're going to be putrid. So you can subscribe and do this thing that I'm sorry you're going to have to hear it, but we have to be like, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to be your own best cheerleader. Uh, Please leave a review. That would be really fucking cool because like it seems like a lot of you are digging on the content, especially like we see you engage on Twitter. We're Mm -hmm. making a lot of good friends and stuff like, dude, just come in, hang out, say some shit. You know, we would love to hear from the Dutch. We would love to continue to hear from the Dutch. Yeah. We really want to understand why it's such a big hit. That episode hit 103 plays in like a week. All I Amsterdam. Yeah, it's and awesome. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> like, if somebody like just has it on rotation in one of their pot bars. <laughs> I'm sorry, we spiked the levels of your little pot yeah. shop. <laughs> but to everybody who's been asking us, because there's been a lot of you guys being like, "Hey, why can we only find you on SoundCloud?" We suck. This, yeah, we suck. We're doing this at Hobby Grade, and we 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 at least get episodes out like consistently now right we are really shooting for that weekly cadence i'm you gonna are. say it i'm trying i'm trying to keep up with it i get exhausted so easily you're trying sometimes. to fight against me all right i also want to do another little piece of housekeeping uh by the way now that our 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 save boy save boy room footprint <laughs> I got that right. Okay. Uh, Is out there on iTunes and Google and all that shit. Everyone can see our logo. We didn't make that logo. We're not graphic designers. You know who did? An artist by the name of Amy King, friend of the show. And I specifically asked her, hey, do you have a Patreon we can shout out or something? She was like, of course I do. So if you want to support our art, and first of all, check out our art. It's fucking rad. Uh, It's really, really vibrant and very, um, what's a word? I would say it's like very fantasy laden. A lot of colors, really interesting line work. Whimsical was what I was going for. Yeah, it's got a a very awesome charm to it. And uh, she actually does work on a, what, graphic comic? A graphic comic. (laughs) (laughs) One of them graphic comics the kids are into in the publication. Yeah, she's working on uh, uh, Harlow is Vanished, I believe is the name. Mm -hmm. Am I butchering that? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I know there's an E in there somewhere and it's not a Vanished. Well, you can check her out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Amy. I'm going to spell that out for you, don't worry. It's S-E-P-H-I-R-A-M- why so check her out on patreon please she's got some cool 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 shit and she made our logo for free for no reason i tried to pay her and mm-hmm. she was like hey whatever it's gonna yeah. take like two minutes it took like an afternoon but still i'm just like well that's an afternoon that, that was still like that you could have been putting towards yeah. a commission or something else so i made sure that our show at least is uh we are a patron of her that's awesome yeah i'm proud to be a patron mm-hmm. shout out to you amy you're one of the coolest people we've ever interacted with what are you playing give it to me so I was going to pick Sodium up, based, right? Uh, it is very sodium based, very <laughs> salt based. Oh. Um, so the other day I read a review from our friends over at Obelisk. It's a, it was a Death's Gambit review. And oh. I've been really, really stoked and interested in picking this game up. I've seen it streamed um, from Michaela from Red, Red Mod. So I saw some really cool gameplay. I was like, awesome, I'm kind of into this. And then I read the review and it sold me on it even harder. And you would think on these tenets alone, like, hey, I'm reading things, I'm seeing things I like about a game, that I'd buy it, right? Right. Well, no. 
I didn't. Well, no. <laughs> Take me on this walk, man. So how, I, do, how does your brain work when you make these choices? So they gave me some really good cells on the lineage of this game, mm. Death's Gambit, and that it was based off of a 2016 title from Ska Studios called Ska. Salt and Sanctuary. Or Salt and Danctuary, as I want to call it. <laughs> can, can, can we not? No, I did it. Oh, you did. It's there. It's out there. <laughs> Fuck. So I was looking up kind of like gameplay trailers and whatnot. And I was like, okay, I have a lot to choose from Metroidvania, Soulsborne, Side Scrolls. I was like, could get Dead Cells. Could no get shortage. No like, shortage this season of it, fucking Metroidvania. The summer's packed with it. So I was uh-huh. like, all right, let me check the room. Saw Chasm, saw this, saw that. And I was like, okay, let me see Salt and Sanctuary. And I kind of immediately like fell in love with the art style. Right. And I think the one thing that really sold me about it is that they had this really cool like atmospheric metal song. None of the other trailers had it. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? The stakes have never felt higher. God damn it. How did I know that melodic metal would be like the deal breaker for you? Can I just like, can I start making those fucking FMVs on YouTube when I want you to like play or watch something? I'll just like overlay it. Like cut it with like Hawthorne Heights or like Thursday. (laughs) You're like, you know what? There's something about this that's speaking to me. (laughs) But I am digging on it so far. I can't believe a team of two people brought this. A married couple, mind you. No shit. Yeah. yeah. They met um, at PAX like a few years back. Uh, They both contribute they do the art programming the illustration the music all did it together it's yo a few... that's that big gamer love that i like to hear about good big, shit big gamer love ska studios they're based out of seattle kind of near us somewhere i don't know where seattle's a place yeah if you if you can hear this send Seattle's us a bag of salt <laughs> send us a bag of salt <laughs> it looked pretty cool I, I i might get into it i'm also really interested in death's gambit but mm-hmm. i also haven't fucking gotten anywhere dead cells that's true so, so you can't really justify it yeah so i've probably put about like nine ten hours into it at this point i'm like six bosses in i think there are 20 nine or ten hours i feel like you bought it yesterday what I, the fuck i've been playing the shit out of it. it's so addicting the gameplay loops and like exploration are really yeah, cool bags underneath your eyes dude what's happening to you so it's inspired by like old school were you Soulsborne? wearing that shirt yesterday <laughs> <laughs> it's fused in my skin <laughs> this jurassic park suit it's happening is a to you <laughs> But um, much mm-hmm. like the Soulsborne games, you can actually choose like a, a class, essentially. Mm. So you can be a rogue, you can be a thief, you can be an assassin, a chef, for whatever fucking reason. That would seem like the most important to me. Yeah. Because like you can get hungry on the road. That's true. You know? You gotta eat. And there's a lot of like, uh, you know, those big swords. Yeah. I would imagine you're burning some calories to swing that bitch Yeah, with the once. two-handers. For yeah, sure. Yeah, dude. I need some ropes. For sure. Yeah. Actually, one of the, the healing items you get, I think, is a roll. <laughs> can you be a bard? <laughs> I think game? I probably... I have a little hunter build. Her name is Lady Maria, based off of oh. Miss Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower. So. What a fanboy, dog. <laughs> well, my Damn. original build was a, a warrior named Heisenberg. He was bald as fuck. Yeah. He had the sickest mustache, but I was like, nah, nah. I want to pay homage. Oh, gotcha. It's the best boss fight of my Did summer. Did you get as far as past the character creation for that? And you're like, we really need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, ah, do I want to start yeah. the game like this? I'm like, no. No, Dude, no, I've no. had that moment. I yeah. had that with Dark Souls 2 where I made a character and was like, no, 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 This does not encompass what I want. It's not the right place, right time. But I'm digging it. The exploration's cool. The boss fights are cool. And I don't know. Hopefully it makes me want to pick up Death's Gambit after. Hopefully it makes you want to buy a completely separate game. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hope from games too. Yeah. 
I think you got something for me, something cool released since do, we last recorded. Do I? Yeah, you sure do. Oh, man. So I don't even know how I fell asleep on this one as early as I did because <laughs> I was hearing that it was going to release. I don't remember what day it was. It, I think it was a Wednesday and I fell asleep at like Tuesday at like 11 p.m. And then in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, Blizzard, they threw a fucking bomb in there while I was sleeping. Oh, my God. Or could you say a self-destruct? They self-destructed all over my face, Kevin. We got the diva short that I've always been waiting for. <laughs> shooting star For years it's so so good it goes into her time being like a a mech pilot in a uh, basan mm-hmm. essentially in her home base of korea and it delves into her team that she used to have she was part of like a fighting mecha team which is so <laughs> power ranger slash big hero six yeah it, it's so great there's a there's a mech dude named demon and it was abbreviated like d dot m-o-n she's really cool looking fucking great i wish they could somehow incorporate some of those other mech base fighters in uh the future roster list, right but uh or at least their skins for diva but instead or for the mech oh that would be cool too that actually. would be da- jeff jeff i know i <laughs> i know we call you out <laughs> every episode pretty much every episode but <laughs> as the sole proprietor of the overwatch franchise the only uh blizzard employee that works on developments for that so game stupid. i think uh it would be really cool if you could have those skins uh for Mm-hmm. Four four uh diva. Yeah. Also, I got another ask for you. I know you got a lot on your plate. Mm-hmm. I get it, buddy. When you can get to it, make a fucking Netflix show out of these shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about it the other week, right? The idea was like that maybe the seasons could like revolve around like a past event, like the they, formation of Black Watch or the decimation of Overwatch. You they know? could legit give it like the Castlevania feel. Four episodes <sighs> yeah. based around like one of each of the characters yeah. in Black Watch or Overwatch and tell a bigger story with it. But animated like these shorts are because they are superbly animated. The animation on these shorts is outstanding. I don't know the talent behind it. I wish I did like the, in terms of the team, but they're bringing some picks It's Jeff, it's Captain <laughs> <laughs> he's bringing that pixar magic with those little kaplan fingertips how does he have the time how does he have the time there there have been a few um shorts so far that have made me want a full length feature but mm. this one really really brought it home for me because i'm a diva man i love diva best girl um and i love that this kind of showed a more nuanced side to her because you get like a kind of like a a kitty like gamer uh side from her essentially through her voice lines and how she interacts with other characters but this shows her being like solemn and weathered and mm. really having like an impact of loss Right. It's, and, it's cool. And very lonely and very yeah. self, uh, just kind of dependent on herself. And mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the short kind of goes into her like kind of opening up and yeah. relying on somebody else. It's, it's a good fucking show. It's nine minutes. Please go watch yeah. it. It's on that YT that you kids like uh, putting the likes and the thumbs down on. Go G- Go out there. Give it a like up. It's cool. You get to see a shoot from the mech. She shoots from the mech. It's, I wish you can do that in the game. <laughs> Patch that in. Uh, but, tell me about the Busan map. Oh, Busan. My I don't know fav- why I was saying that. I'm sorry. My favorite type of maps, as you all should know, are control point maps. They're like King of the Hill. We uh-huh. fight for them back and forth. That's going to be this one. It's in Korea. I think there's a Hermeka base for the hangar for the bots. Mm-hmm. You get to play around in there. There's a cityscape and there's a garden. There's a... Wait, wait, it's described as in here. Yeah, how did I write it? A lush garden. <laughs> I was like, I was like, whoa, 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 wait. Got to refer to the documents. I think I said <laughs> a lush garden and a dazzling cityscape. Those were the verbs. That's, ooh, <laughs> dude, so I, use. I, I love the amount of work that you put into the docs here. Like this mm. fucking, this is the language that you put in here. Yeah, but I'm excited for that. You think, huh? 
You think you're gonna get down pretty hard on that one? For sure, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm back into Overwatch, man. It's official. I, I don't think it's a game that I'm gonna fucking uh, put down for months at a time like I did before. I think I'm gonna revisit for these events and grind out a little. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not gonna get every skin I want, but I will try to work toward the skins I'm into. Currently, I'm 1,000 gold away from that Zenyatta. The baseball uh, one? The fastball special one. Nice. I need it, dude. He looks I like Ichiro. Fucking need it. And I'm so close. But Jeff, I got to tell you, the price point's a little restrictive. <laughs> it's a little steep. I know I'm talking. It's a little steep, Listen. Jeff. Hey, <laughs> hey, I don't want to twist your fucking arm. I love you, Jeff. Mwah. Okay? Um, I want to talk about Resident Evil 2. Uh, because I'm Again? contractually obligated to by Capcom. Sure. John Capcom calls me up late at night. And he's like, hey, man. Um, So I think we have like a good thing going with this Resident Evil thing. But... It's not solidified until Kevin Pape talks about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow, dude, that's really, whew, that feels good when you say that, man. And he goes, no problem, dude. <laughs> Are you coming to my kid's birthday party this week? And I'm like, yeah, I'll try to make it, John. I'll try to make it. But what's happening here with Resident Evil 2? <laughs> 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 they showed off some footage uh, at Gamescom. That another demo was released, this time focusing on Claire Redfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the E3 demo and footage and all that was based around my, my boy Leon Scott Kennedy, where he has to kind of relearn. Uh, it's a, he's a younger rookie cop. He has to relearn how to love and accept again. Claire, on the other hand, is on this kind of Shigorni Weaver warpath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can get that. Where like she's on this different level, you know, where she she sees a child in distress, Sherry Birkin, mm-hmm. and it's just like, come on, man, I'm 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 a bird. Let's get the fuck out of yeah. here. We got a town. Get on my motorcycle, babe. Yeah, we <laughs> we got a we, we got a fucking uh, popsicle stand to blow. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and so. What's really cool, actually, they showed footage of Sherry Birkin. Um, they are modeling or inspired by for her model uh, uh, based off of Newt from Aliens because they oh. wanted to like kind of uh, recall that sort of influence. You can actually see it. And I'm just like, damn, the parallels are really, really, yeah. really, really there. And I love the fact that even though it's like, hey, they have this set foundation for what Resident Evil 2 is, especially in people's minds, mm-hmm. they're still like, well, that doesn't mean we can't still continue to throw our influences into it, you know? A callback to Aliens? What the fuck? That's true. And, you know, but I, I love it. Like, it... it it really reminds you that it's like, you know, even though we like to think about like uh, Japanese developers are kind of like, you know, developing in a bubble. Mm-hmm. No, they are totally influenced by a lot of the pop culture you and me are digesting well, on the daily. Even look at the Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. You remember all the influences that pulled from? Like fucking... Oh, Romero's films. Evil Dead, even. And actually, part seven is way closer to Evil Dead with its influences. With the fucking chainsaw scene in like the first 30 minutes. So yeah, I can see that they're pulling from a lot of pop culture avenues. And it's exciting because it's like kind of making the survival horror or horror genre in general feel Mm -hmm. really fresh and alive. And I think the really difficult thing, and I was thinking like in general, especially with like horror reboots, essentially, or remakes more specifically, like I feel like they, they have the same think tank conversations that maybe like the 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 producers of the hills have eyes remake Mm -hmm. had or you know 2004's dawn of the dead where they're just like we want to call back the spirit of this but how do we fucking like modernize and make it big again and i think it's harder for established franchises because people have it in their head there's this big idea of what a game is you Mm -hmm. know like what what they remember 
Final Fantasy VII as, what they remember Resident Evil 2 as, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to make a game to meet that that expectation and not make the mistake of being completely adherent to the original product because that's where Diablo 3 fucked up. It was too close to Diablo 2 when it first came out mm-hmm. and people are like, I-, I don't know, there's something just wrong about the balance and stuff like that. I would say, though, by the time they got it from PC to consoles, they worked that one out. Right. Yeah. Actually, that, I only mentioned because J- Jason Schreier's book details that whole situation yeah. where it's just like the fact that they're w- willing to like, you know, rethink how to approach it because of the console edition. Mm-hmm. It makes me think about what I see in the footage for RE2 where they're showing the Birkin monster fight the first time you encounter him in the sewers. Mm-hmm. And looks crazy grotesque, by the way. The original fight was literally just like a singular bridge in the sewers, where this is this entire fucking like nightmare scenario with pipes and steam, and yeah. you can kind of like navigate. And I'm just like, wow. It's like they got the structure, there's the bones, and then they're like, we need to do bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to Michael Bayify this this shit. It I, looks bait out bro. bonkers yeah. i love the approach from and, from beta to the bayou and then like the little nuances too that they're that they can add to this because like hey man uh resident evil 2 came out 20 fucking years ago mm-hmm. okay the nuances such as just in the dialogue where when she first meets sherry uh he, she's like claire says i'm here to help mm-hmm. and sherry's like no you're the one that needs help and just her reaction where claire is just like kind of dumbfounded like what she even says what and then you see fucking Birkin Monster kind of lumbering behind her. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is so cinematic. Yeah, the way they're breathing <laughs> dimension to it is kind yeah. of profound. It looks beautiful, yeah. man. And I, I want to pay, despite the fact it, it is third person, it's not that like RE5, RE6, mm-hmm. like heavy contextual melee kind of shit. It very much seems that you can only fight back in a very certain means, kind of like the originals. Mm-hmm. It's just that your mobility is completely bolstered, you know, where you mm-hmm. can move around, push to go, move the camera, do whatever the fuck you want. But it still has that kind of tit for tat in combat where your counts sh- fucking, or sorry, I said that wrong. Your shots count. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm still into it. Dude, I'm, I'm super, super it. stoked. I want that game. January 25th? January 25th. I got a few more things on here real quick. There's going to be no story DLC for this game. They confirm that. And there's no new monsters being added. It's all going to be the ones from the original. Really? I think that's a smart choice because it, it kind of reins them in. Because I feel like when uh, production staffs, they love the product that they're making. So they end up wanting to put as much content and as much details and as much shit into the game. And I feel like this reins them in and goes like, no, 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 we have a stopgap. Just get all the monsters from the original game right. I have two words for you. Give it. Lisa Trevor. Oh, that's a true fact, man. That's... It, if they had thrown in like one secret boss that kind of like maybe brought out a new area or like fleshed out the lore a bit of a little bit more yeah that'd be dope but i like that they are kind of trying to get yeah. these characters right and these set pieces right or they could be straight up lying to us and there will be some sort of addition like that that'd be dope that's happened before yeah. uh and then the last thing i want to bring up about this is that capcom uh, went on the record and says they don't think that a remake of resident evil remake would be laughable in fact they're okay with reapproaching even games like that where it's like yeah we remade it in like fucking 2002 but maybe it's time for a rethink on that 
Hmm. You know, um, as long as I treat it with respect, I don't see why not. I will definitely buy a remake of a remake. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> We've <laughs> done it before. Fucking I owe exhibit yeah. some like royalties for saying that. But uh, that's the truth of the matter. I would prefer that they would look to other games in the series, but I can see why like they might have a hard time of like, oh, how are we going to do Code Veronica? Yeah. <laughs> or, or how do we remake part four? You know, from now until that game goes gold, do you see anything going wrong with it? Do I see anything going wrong with it? Um, I can. It seems too good to be true. I, I don't see anything going wrong with it, but I do see the potential for them to have a delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like they're really going for broke on this one, and I think that if they feel as we get toward that release date that it ain't where it needs to be, they're, this team is going to be like, no, 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 no. Pump the brakes, it's coming out February, or something like that. That's the only thing I can see going wrong. I don't know, man. I feel like they're really committed to that that date. Sure, me too. Because that's where like uh, Resident Evil 7 hit. Like It was late January. Yeah, it did. Um, it did. I th- and they I announced th- that, like, what, six months out? I think Capcom is a little more disciplined with that mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like hitting those dates. But I, I do want the developers to have that freedom and feel empowered to be like, yo, it ain't time to, to send this one out of the oven yet. It's a love letter. You don't want to get yeah. that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I got another thing on here sure. that I wanted to talk about, and my excitement levels are maybe a little too high. Sure. So they revealed the logo and the release time frame, essentially, for the Detective Pikachu film. Okay. It's called. It's officially called Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu is played by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in for it. So they had a panel. I forget where the fuck. I think at Gamescom, whatever. Um... They confirmed that there's going to be no Ash Ketchum in the film, and that's because the director felt that Ash Caption at Ash Caption Ash Catcher has been in like every piece of media essentially that's been surrounded through like the Pokemon anime and films that he's just like I just really wanted to tell its own story. So how are we going to catch them all? We don't actually. Mm. He confirmed that can't be done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, this is the same visual effects studio that brought us Fantastic Beast and Guardians of the Galaxy that are doing it. They those they, movies look great. So. They look to have photorealistic Pokemon in this in no. this movie. Yeah. That's going to fuck with me so much. It's going to be some like Uncanny Valley shit. <laughs> it might be a little hard to process some yeah, of this, bit. to be fair, dude. Like, have you ever seen those like hyper-realistic like, Pokemon illustrations like, via yeah. DeviantArt? Like, that shit gets yeah. me. I'm like, oh, could you imagine? <laughs> Fucking Charizard. Actually, confirmed, Charizard will be in the film. Nice. Because they had the audience uh, start chanting, and they recorded it, mm-hmm. where they were chanting Pikachu, mm-hmm. and then chanting Charizard's name. Nice. And they said, we're, this is actually going to be in the film. Voiced by... Ashton Kutcher. (laughs) How many? (laughs) Charizard? (laughs) Could you imagine? And the last thing is, it's directed by uh, Rob Letterman. And um, I just wanted, I think I linked to his IMDb. Let me open that that bad boy real quick. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's done offhand. Uh, Offhand, he did a movie called Monsters uh, vs. Aliens, which is another animated film. Uh, Shark Tale. Uh... He did Gulliver's Travels, starring Jack Black. And his most recent claim to fame is the uh, screen adaptation of Goosebumps. Is Jack Black going to be in this movie? Based off of those like tenuous ties, you think he's going to show up? They didn't announce him, but like he would make... (laughs) Oh, who who would you have him play? I don't know, probably Muck. I would have him play one of... One of the fisherman trainers no. <laughs> that's sitting on the dock. They get Jack Black in his meow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <Well>, meow. 
<laughs> That's right. Let me put you guitar solo. I we have different interpretations of what Jack Black sounds like. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna let you take the last bit of soft news there, buddy, because I know it's near and dear to that Daniel heart of yours. It is. It is both near and it is dear, <laughs> and I am so stoked. My fucking god. I know, buddy. Give me a second, my mm-hmm. dude. Let mm-hmm. me breathe mm-hmm. on this one. Please do it. Give it to me. It was probably about a day or two ago on the old Twitter where you can find us at Save Room Show that I was um, kind of politely screaming at Ubisoft Montreal. Uh, As these want to do. Because they um, developed a beat em up styled after my favorite beat em ups, the Streets of Rage games, called Scott Pilgrim versus the World the Game. Yeah, like eight years ago. Yeah, it was great. It, yeah. it was a long time ago. There are actually probably more current studios that we could look towards. But whatever. I like their style. I like their flash. I thought they could do this. And I was like, hey, guys, mm-hmm. I need you to do like a Streets of Rage remaster or something. I forget how I worded it. No response yet. Probably because they knew this was coming. Oh, they yeah. <laughs> they knew to keep their lips tight on this they one, said buddy. nothing. Okay, so this morning... You I put them up. in a in a fucking tight spot, and they're yep. like, what do we do? We're like, <gasps> what do we do? And somebody like, walked and like, slapped the phone out of the hand of the PR guy's hand, and yeah. just like, don't respond. What, what if this is the reason it got released today and announced today? Yep, they had to. They're they, like, oh, the Save Room boys are putting pressure on us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they're too close to the truth. <laughs> So this morning, I woke up to the greatest of tweets. We're getting a Streets of Rage 4. Yes, we are. Uh, 24 years after the last game, and god Holy damn it, shit. I am so excited. Uh, developed by Lizard Cube, they're actually a French studio, so not far off from Ubisoft, uh, Montreal. Yeah, it might be uh, uh, they might know them. And uh, it's d- double developed also by Guard Crush Games. Mm-hmm. Actually, not sure what they've done, so hold on. Lizard Cube did Wonder Boy and Guard Crush. Not sure. They, published they by, played Wonder Boy. Published by, yeah, Dotoma. They were in a room QA testing it. Gotcha. Um, I'm so stoked. It's got, like, a new kind of updated, like, visual style to it. Yeah, And yeah. the music is a bit different, but it's it's Streets of Rage, my dude. It's Streets of Rage, my dude. It looked incredibly fun. Oh, Now, this is the same Resident Evil dilemma, though, with Part 2, mm-hmm. in that they have to, like, remake or reboot the expectation for the series and not necessarily the actual gameplay of the old ones, because... Those games are dated, dude. Yeah. That whole like going up and down beat em up style is like slow and like not great. And also, how does the throw mechanic work? I can't tell you. Sometimes when I'm near a dude, I throw him. Sometimes I don't. We need to fucking set boundaries. <laughs> well, that's why I thought uh, they got Scott Pilgrim right because that there was fluidity to that. Right. Um, this one I'm stoked for though because it it has two of the previous characters. I think Axel and Blaze. And they're, like, kind of grizzled, like, ex-cop types. Was her name Blaze? Her name was Blaze. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to run through the press kit reel. Axel has a serious beard. He's got this, like, fucking 10 o'clock shadow. That was worth it Midnight shadow. Like, (laughs) all the development costs went into his beard. He looks cool as ever. Right. So far, they're the only two characters that have been announced. I don't know if they're going to add, like, Rue or Blades, some of our favorite characters. They absolutely need to. Um, But, publisher Dotamu and developers Lizard Cube and Guard Crush... Today reveals Streets of Rage 4, an all-new continuation of Sega's iconic arcade brawler series known for its radical fights, jamming 90s beats, and dashing sparring gloves and bananas. Can you t- say that last sentence, but just real slow down for me? Like, get into the mic. Yeah. Get into the mic and make it a little sexy. <laughs> that It was all one sentence. <laughs> yeah, 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 but the, with the jamming and everything, just give it to me. Okay. They revealed today that Streets of Rage 4, an all-new continuation of Sega's iconic arcade brawler Sexier. series known for its radical fights, yeah. jamming 90s, there we go. and dashing sparring gloves and bandanas. Got a little aggressive, but mm. I was into it at the end there. That was great. Yeah. That was great. Oh, my God. Uh, it features gorgeously hand-drawn visuals from the team that did Wonder Boy, The Dragon's mm. Trap. Uh, Streets of Rage 4 builds upon <laughs> the <specify>. classic... <laughs> yeah, upon the classic trilogy's gameplay with new mechanics, a fresh story, and a gauntlet of dangerous stages with a serious crime problem. Streets of Rage 4 recalls classic gameplay 
gameplay, but it stands as an entirely original arcade romp thanks to the expertise of Guard Crush and Games and Dutamu. Uh, whether players game up with a friend or clean up the city solo, Streets of Rage is a skull bashing, chicken chomping delight, all set to a thumping soundtrack, sure to get your blood pumping. So this is cool. I'm they mentioned blood like four times in there. Yeah, they, hey man, that press kit is soaked. I'm 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 happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that you're happy, so happy, and I hope we fucking play this, Dude, man. You, you know, because there are many things we like as Saving yeah. Boys, but we love beat 'em ups. The we most. love beat 'em ups the most. We oh like God. we spend all day just pitching beat 'em ups at each other, like around the house. We have like, hey man, you want a Harry Potter beat 'em up? <laughs> I think on air we talked about the Harry we Potter. We talked about beat-em-up. a Titanic beat 'em up. <laughs> Titanic two, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Loose links, what would be called Titanic 2, Loose Lips Sink Ships. Yep, that was it. That was... <laughs> the only thing this game, though, needs for me is music by Ana Monaguchi. That's all I gotta really? say. Really? You think that? I th- okay. Yeah, they capture that sort good of fit, 90s good fit. Uh, 8-bit sound for me. I like so. it. I'm into it. I'm gonna pop a boner. Anyway, so, uh, let's get into that hard news, buddy. Ooh. This this edi- right. editorialization. You asked for fucking sexy from me? Yeah. You... I need sexy from you. Oh, wow. Actually, sexy is like two or three of these articles down. okay okay so don't pop a metroidvania but i have some bad news about holy shit i'm sorry that was a really awful pun um i am so sorry audience uh you you deserve better it's been a long week and puns take a lot of energy out of me Uh, too much not like like this one again bloodstained ritual of the night You're an animal. (laughs) (laughs) A spiritual successor to the Castlevania lineage has been delayed into 2019. Vita Island natives have even less to be happy about as the PlayStation Vita version of the game has been canceled altogether. The Kickstarter back title was originally projected to release in March of 2017. (laughs) We, we, We missed a few milestones there. It's okay. Koji uh, Igarashi, the legendary producer behind such vanias as Symphony of the Night and more, explained that in response to feedback to a beta backer demo, developer Artplayed cited the push of the game to, uh, quote, raise the quality level, end quote. As for putting a stake through the Vita version's heart, Iga said, quote, This decision is largely due to Sony's plans to discontinue the Vita console, ending production of physical copies, and stopping certain online store support features, end quote. Bloodstained is still set for release on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and the Switch. Originally, it was Wii U. Uh, I think they made a good choice right there. Yeah. Jilted Vita backers can choose another platform to receive the game on or ask for a refund. Iga ended his message saying, quote, we sincerely apologize for any inconvenience or disappointment, but rest, assur- rest assured we are working harder than ever to deliver the game we all made happen together. Please bear with us for a little longer, and I thank you for your continued support. End quote. So, um, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah, um, the Vita version probably had to die, my dudes. I know it was promised. I know that's not a happy sentiment, but I think, I mean, take a look. The writing's on the wall. The Sony's discontinuing their fucking support for the console. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make physical games anymore. Why would you ever release a physical fucking game to die in the wild I like think that? in the last, what are we, in August now? Almost September, last eight months, mm-hmm. there were, what, 35 concurrent, like, sales of the Vita? right <laughs> something crazy it was that's just like really ooh. really low like it's i know it has its supporters and it's fucking 
feverish community around it, but like, let it die. If you have a Vita, it no, there's a chance you have a, like a PS4 at this point. <laughs> Take it to the backyard and shoot it. <laughs> but yeah. there's a chance you have a PS4 already. So the the fact that Iga is, I like that he kind of stepped in here and was like, okay, well, we can give you a refund or we can mm-hmm. offer it to you elsewhere. And I think that's really cool. So yeah, there's a refund in the stake there, but just get a PS4. I think there's a real... Get a PS4. Get a PS4. There's a, or a Switch. <laughs> well, that's... $100 more than your Vita. I'm sorry. I know you already have your Vita, but come on, man. The but at least the Switch has continued support. Games like this, this is where they're going. Yeah. They're going to the Switch. That's true. Uh, there's a real financial decision behind this, and I know they're trying to, like, kind of... It seems like they're using Sony as a scapegoat to mm-hmm. kind of mitigate any kind of anger, and I know people are calling them out and saying that this is bullshit. Just come out and say you don't want to fucking make it anymore. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but who wants to hear that? Like, even if they thought that, like, come on, mm-hmm. why are we investing at all, like, in this? We could be putting it toward the Switch version. We could be putting it towards no, that's it. True. We could be putting it towards polishing the game. Yeah. What are we doing? You have to imagine that a Kickstarter that that one of its stretch goals was getting this fucking game on the Wii U is going to have some changes over the course that's of its true. development. Especially since there's no continued support for the Wii U as it stands. Yeah. Now, there's an argument to be said. They could have at least done like a downloadable version or something like that but i again i don't know what the cost estimation there is i'm not going to pretend what that is but it just seems like maybe the juice wasn't worth the squeeze probably not i do though it's as radio as i could get (laughs) the juice was worth the squeeze um so delays aren't a bad thing and it's okay it's a kickstarter based game Mm -hmm. from what i've heard so far people who are backing it on kickstarter they have played early builds of it and they're enjoying it they think it's great. They think it's like mm-hmm. worth what they paid for it. So if it takes probably, I mean, 2019, that you, that could take anywhere from another, what, four to 16 months to come out, if, depending on where in the year it comes out. But if it comes out during that year, they'll be rewarded at least. Listen, guys, don't be mad at Ega. Mm-hmm. Be mad at me because I'm going to tell you a hard truth. If you have a PlayStation Vita, you probably have another fucking system <laughs> that this game is coming out on. There is no way that you are out there in the world the type of gamer that would support a Kickstarter and also only own a PlayStation Vita. You don't exist. You're a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So go ahead. Pick it up on the Switch. Pick it up on PS4. You're still getting quality game. I know this sucks. I'm I'm right there with you. it does. But you have to allow changes to support products that you like. Mm. You have to be like, you know what? They're pivoting around something else now. Especially like indie titles that, I mean, it is kind of like, it's fan source. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty So cool. it has a lower budget than a AAA would. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's, there's development pickups along the way. Don't be mad at you. Are you excited for this game at all? Yes, actually. Okay. I mean, I'm also kind of glad it's not coming out like... I, well, actually, I don't even know when the fuck it was supposed to come out. But if it was supposed to come out this year, it's a little busy for Metroidvanias. I'm going to say that right now. We had this discussion like three episodes in a row. It's like, damn, there's a lot... Of, we had this discussion like 30 minutes ago. It's raining Metroidvanias. <laughs> yes. Like, what the fuck? Metroidvania. So if this is coming out next year, and, you know, we'll see what other 14 Metroidvanias are out there. But I'm going to pay attention to this one because Granddaddy... Vania Symphony of the Night himself is making it. It's pretty cool. Next one on here, Daniel. Give me that number two. Number two. From software's brutal foray into the world of the Shinobi, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, you have to say it like that, is releasing March 22nd, 2019. Do you want to hear part of a press release for Papa Miyazaki's new child? I sure do. Quote, Players will enjoy combining features such as vertical traversal with visceral head-to-head battle to fulfill their destiny in a vast world filled with beautiful vistas, enormous castles, bizarre weaponry, 
and fearsome enemies, end quote. God mm. damn it. Sekiro walks away from some of the tenants set by the studio's famed Soulsborne games, but maintains their level of challenge. Here's some fun facts for you. Unlike the Souls series, there is no leveling system and no player classes. The word Sekiro means one-arm wolf. One-armed wolf, probably. Your character uses a prosthetic arm for traversal, firing a grappling hook to move about the environment. Stealth plays a huge part of the game, including stealthily ninja-killing enemies. Instead of a stamina bar, you have a posture meter, which you fill by damaging enemies or blocking their attacks. Once filled, you can initiate a shinobi death blow, which is just like it sounds. You yoke a fool in one. I like that. And you can equip your prosthetic arm with a number of attachments, including a goddamn axe. Hi, (laughs) you're laughing at the other one. Hitaka Miyazaki is rolling up his sleeves and directing this bad boy himself. That's pretty dope. I get more and more excited. The footage that they showed at Gamescom for this game cemented that this is a day one for me. Mm-hmm. It is not con- entirely beholden to what a Souls game is because big factor, you know, there's no stat system. There's no art. Those RPG qualities aren't there. In fact, most they're trying to tell you that it's more akin to Tenchu. Which mm-hmm. apparently From Software has the rights to. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I didn't actually. know either. Yeah, they got the rights to Tenchu at some point. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. But it it has that blistering fucking action that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's like fast paced action RPG shit, but it, mm-hmm. more grounded in the Souls lore. And the fact that you're jumping around and using your grappling hook to move about and kind of like uh, uh, perch yourself on tree branches and mm-hmm. do like these stealth kills and insta. I love it. It's an action game by one of my favorite fucking studios. Yeah. I accept it. Action games are actually like some of my favorite because they're the most yeah. like gratifying to have your hands on really. Oh yeah. It, it, it looks fucking great. I just, I'm kind of, I get it. I get it. I get it. But the dudes out there that are just bitching that this isn't another souls game and that it's walking away from a lot of those values. It's like, come on, let, let, let a studio do something else. Yeah. They did souls game for the last decade, man. Side bar here. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> you have like six to seven variant souls born games. You could have fun True. with, let them try something new. Are you complaining that they're doing a Derisimene, that VR thing they're doing? You're not talking about that shit. You just <laughs> okay, pissed that this is, this was supposed to be Bloodborne too. And it wasn't. That's yeah. what you're mad about. Listen, dude, I'm into this <laughs> yeah. just as much. Did I want a Bloodborne 2? Absolutely. Yeah. Will we get it one day? Hopefully. Probably, to be honest. Hopefully. But they're like, oh, it's the elitists are just like, it's probably not going to be as hard. It's not going to be as fun. And it's like, I don't know, action games can be kind of hard. This game looks fucking hard. Yeah. God of War was an action game, and that was hard. I'm watching footage, <laughs> and you have to be real tactical about it. You have to break through enemy guard. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out your positioning. It's like, nah, dude, I'm seeing a lot of that soul's yeah. influence. It just doesn't have a stat system. Sorry. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. I think, like, looking on how Salt and Sanctuary plays, mm-hmm. that ebb and flow for a, a side-scrolling, like, platformer type, Soulsborne game to have a stamina wheel it sometimes like kills that momentum mm-hmm. for it to be removed and have that sort of fluidity in the combat field that's kind of neat that's exciting i'm God, stoked I'm for it. that i'm into it uh, a lot of people are kind of like second guessing the release window for it saying that march is like a bad time for it and i'm like no nah, look at like kind of when uh dark souls 3 launched that was like i think either late march or early april of mm-hmm. 2016 and that was perfect for it It was successful <laughs> yeah i mean so, i wouldn't try to drop a sekiro in like the middle of fall no i wouldn't either i think this is up against devil may cry 5 the division and one other game hey i got a segue yeah. here speaking of devil may cry 5 
Uh, number three on the list is Capcom's Devil May Cry 5 also has a release date. March 8th, 2019. Wow, maybe it would have made more sense to Ooh. talk about this uh, before Sekiro. Hey, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel is a follow-up to 2008's Devil May Cry 4 and once again stars Nero, except he's a bit older, a bit grungier, and is running the DMC demon slaying business with his suicide girl-esque friend-slash-girlfriend thing. Huh? We, we haven't defined status yet. Sure. There. I don't know Nero's Facebook. Capcom's, he uses Twitter, probably. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> Capcom's Gamescom demo depicted Nero slapping around demon scum, both small and gargantuan. While the sequel skews closer gameplay-wise to older titles, the urban areas and tight, dynamic cameras seems heavily influenced by Ninja Theory's DMC reboot. While the demo focused on Nero and his use of a prosthetic arm to fight enemies, that's really familiar, trailers have shown that an older... I hate you, (laughs) you genius. (laughs) Trailers have shown that an older Dante is featured in the game. Man, March and March, huh? Anyway, uh, Capcom has already confirmed that the sequel will feature three playable characters, quote, each offering a radically different playstyle, end quote. While not yet revealed, a reset error leak indicates Dante's ornery brother Virgil is that third protag. I got a few quick hits here, though. There's some fun quotes from director uh, Hideaki. I, I, oh, man, I'm going to fuck that up. I feel like this is going to be our shout-out article of the week because you're yeah. so tickled by this one. I'm tickled by this one. Fun quotes from director uh, Hideaki. I Itsuno, I butchered that, on how DMC influenced DMC5, because I noticed it, and here's his quote. I want to scroll to it a little <laughs> quick here. He's I, gloating so hard right now. So, this is from Game Informer. He was interviewed, and one of the questions is, uh, oh, the chick's name is Nico. I guess, there we go. Nico. The Suicide Girl one. <laughs> uh, after DMC4, this is a question, there was the Ninja Theory game, DMC Devil May Cry. Did the team behind 5 look at that game for any inspiration? And then... Itsuno's reaction was, we learned so much from Ninja Theory and DMC. That was a collaboration between Capcom and Ninja Theory. I went to Cambridge once every couple of months to work with those guys. So we learned a lot from them. And you want to talk about stylish? Ninja Theory? Those guys are style incarnate, man. What they did with DMC, that art style, those animations, that is real style. You know? Hmm. So we took a lot of what we learned from that. Even stuff like the kill cams, for instance. We took a lot of that, and having learned that, we tried to implement that into this game as well. Another thing is, we have a lot of friends who love DMC. For me, DMC is one of my favorite Devil May Cry games. If not, my favorite. And we wanted to make the game in a way that people who enjoyed that game (laughs) will enjoy the way it controls just as much as they enjoyed DMC. I have been playing DMC Devil May Cry because I picked up like part four Mm -hmm. because I got excited about part five and I was like, hey, let me try to stream part four. And part four is very clunky and not not amazingly great. Mm -hmm. And its story is like, oh, it's over the top, but it's also like real cheesy, man. Like fucking stuck to the roof of your mouth cheesy. Yeah, I saw the first 30 minutes in the cathedral. (laughs) It's very highbrow anime. Yeah, dude, highbrow anime. And whereas DMC, like they're... They're, the challenge that Capcom had for Ninja Theory was, hey, we want you to like reimagine this series as if it were like a Hollywood reboot. Mm-hmm. And they did, and they delivered, but there's still a lot of callbacks to the franchise. The, you know, 
the way that Dante swings his sword, the rebellion, the the references to uh, even Nero with mm-hmm. his blue rose, the like, whole all this shit. Of it. And this game is amazing, and it plays so well. And the quality of life decisions they made for DMC are just like they can't be ignored. So I, that's mm-hmm. why I was upset to hear about a part five rather than like, an official sequel to DMC. But like the fans are all fucking up and at him about his hair color and how it's disrespectful, mm. all this shit. And for you, you're probably just like, I wonder how it plays. Are the boss fights bigger? Right. Is the story any good? And the story's actually pretty fucking good, mm. if you want me to drop that G- Give me you. like a quick tidbit, because I don't know shit about DMC. Okay, and the so... the Nephilim Boys, as you described The them. Nephilim Boys. So it centers on a half-demon, half and apparently in the reboot, half-angel... Uh, uh, named Dante. He doesn't know who he is, and he has been tormented by demons for years and years and years, mm-hmm. and has fought back. He has supernatural powers uh, in that he is just super strong and has, you know, he's just a super powered fucking dude. <laughs> okay, so one day he is contacted by a, a gentleman named Virgil, and he Virgil wants him to help him on this fucking like underground fight against the demons because mm-hmm. it has this kind of the DMC reboot so interesting because it has this they live sort of influence where there's this the demon world is secret Mm -hmm. but influences the real world like heavily down to our media down to what we drink it's all like subversive mind control that's pretty cool yeah that is very they live soylent green and dante skirts the line between these worlds Mm -hmm. a real world and a world called limbo and he fights in limbo and fights the demons and it's an amazing story i don't want to like it's great so you describe this this sounds fantastic it is fantastic but the way it comes across is like super flashy ridiculous oh you're watching some of the action in dmc right yeah yeah. Yeah, it's flashy it's ridiculous but but, but that one's super grounded Mm. in comparison to what like this other shit is but 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 devil may cry 5 looks like it's it's taking some cues Mm -hmm. And I noticed in the gameplay, I was like, yeah, it's familiar to what they did with the older games, especially with the cutscenes and the attitude. I'm going to munch on some pizza and fuck you kind of attitude without actually cursing because no, 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 no. Capcom won't allow it. Old Dante, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But it still looks pretty good. It Mm -hmm. still looks enticing. And it's built on the RE engine, which is really interesting. We do like that. Also, but on the note of DMC, I do want to give another shout-out article. It's called Lest We Forget. Actually, DMC Devil May Cry is great. You can find it on (laughs) relyonhorror.com. We also subscribe as as a patron to them. And it's written by Jordan Leendertsen, who is also a game developer. He has a very hard opinion, typically, on the twi- Twitter space. But this article makes a very compelling point by, like, why people are against it and why they, like, should really just take a second look uh, against DMC. Interesting. But any thoughts on Devil May Cry 5? I have dog? very, very little interest in it. It oh. does look cool. I am excited for you. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You know I'm a big Capcom boy. The thing is, like, I feel like I needed to get into that series, like, ten years ago, and I'm five mm-hmm. games behind, but, like... I feel you, I feel you. You, you would say DMC is probably the best starting point. For, uh, if you wanted to break in the series and not, like, you don't really care about its legacy or mm-hmm. anime-esque origins, just play DMC, dude. Okay. That's, it's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why, why wouldn't I want to play the most refined version of that Yeah. Game? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um... I'm more excited for Sekiro. I know you are. I'm going to die a thousand times. I know you is. You can borrow my DMC. We're both getting Sekiro, probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Well, if, ooh, if there's an online component to it, I don't know if Sekiro? that is. Yeah. I don't know if what they said called? anything about that. Maybe they said there wasn't. Maybe they said there wasn't. Okay. Give me a number four. Let's call up Miyazaki. Number four. CD Projekt Red has announced that Cyberpunk 2077 has hit a development milestone. The game is playable from start to finish. 
Now, before you kick in a GameStop's door and demand a copy from that smug son of a bitch game advisor, Ryan, that doesn't mean the game's finished. We're not calling out my old boss, Ryan, here. <laughs> yeah, we are. Game, he's just so smug. He looks like a fucking, just a Kmart Guy Fieri. Anyway, game ass. <laughs> Game assets are still missing, and bugs have yet to been squashed. Speaking to Engadget, producer Richard Bor... Mm, here we go. <laughs> Borzy-Mowski... There's always one he's got to mess up. Yeah. Says it's a critical step for the team to see the story come together. Quote, it gives you the answers to all of your doubts. End quote, said Borzy. Check out Jessica Condit's full article in the game titled, It's Not Always Sunny in Cyberpunk 2077. In it, fans bitch about how daylight is not cyberpunk enough. Mm-hmm. That was my quick aside, and then there was an update today as of recording. Uh, CD Projekt Red actually revealed the closed-door uh, demo that they were showing press at Gamescom mm-hmm. to the public. And uh, we watched a little bit of it, not the full thing. A lot of nudity. A lot of nudity. A lot, lot of really detailed... Uh, boobies. Orealis? What are they Oreal, called? Uh, uh, yeah, you know... Orioles. Orioles. The, the things around the nipples. The, a lot of goose prickles The rugulas. <laughs> the rugula. The, 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 the gorgonzolas. <laughs> this game looks great. <laughs> <laughs> it does look great. Um, we were talking about some of the, the gunplay. Didn't look that bad, actually. No. I, I was worried it'd be a little rough, because, like... Those first-person RPGs, man, kind of mess up with the gunplay Well, that's what a lot of people were worried about, because there was, what, a third-person option for um, Hmm. The Witcher, right? And people weren't sure. Option? It's all third-person. I tell you, every time. That's great. There's no first-person Thank you for reminding me. You're my little remember That's why people are so upset, because this game... Is in first-person. Is in first-person, and Um, and it's totality. Yes. You hadn't seen anything from it yet, and you come home, and I added that to notes. You're like, oh, yeah, there's... uh, cyberpunk footage i was like yeah watch it i was like there's a really cool element it's kind of like vats but a lot cooler and you're like i don't know how i feel about that you know how i feel about vats i mean i feel like it's a really dated system it's cool but like okay you can't just have vats if your combat system sucks i need the i'm a control freak dude yeah exactly I, my my shots are my shots but this looks really seamless from you be like walking down a hallway with your scope up yeah. to just transitioning into it and you get these like really cool slow motion shots about it yeah it's really really cool although they did like uh preface this as like this is not what the game is going to look like mm-hmm. when you finally get it in your hands yeah. and then the other point that i want to make is that even though they hit that milestone of being able to play this game from start to finish mm-hmm. that we're far off because in development terms you got to think that the rest of this is going to be iterating 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 and polishing and maybe adding things that they're just like maybe we could add this or maybe we don't or maybe they realize at a certain point after play testing oh fuck that slow motion feature sucks Mm -hmm. we got to take it out so you got to keep these things in mind even though they're showing it to you now because cd project red super transparent studio i like the way they operate Mm -hmm. uh we just gotta swallow that grain of salt what if there's like a shuhei moment where like Somebody walks in the room and they're like, there's something I really hate about this game and they have to like work clockwise to like fix it. Oh, like they like he did the God of War yeah. and he was just like, This is rough. Yeah. <laughs> he was horrified apparently. Yeah. Okay, so the the idea that a game is playable from start to finish. Yeah. Playable's such a, a broad umbrella term because like, mm. okay, like it could be playable with bugs. Like it could like I feel like no, there, no, no, yeah, there's probably sure. still like a lot of QA testing that needs to happen. Right. Um They're saying the the story beats are all in place. Okay. Uh, essentially so i and i'm sure that really does help and mm-hmm. you know because 
they always say in game, game development, or at least from what I've heard anecdotally, is that a game really doesn't come together until the end. Mm-hmm. It could be optimization. It could be anything toward the end that where it's just like shit just clicks. Until then, it's a fucking mess of scattered discrete ideas on on one dude's computer screen or on the fucking whiteboard in the common room mm-hmm. or it's just all over the place. Your game is not a game until it's a game. That's that, true. That, that's the roughest And there's part. actually, to paint it here, there's no real release window for it either. It's kind of still up no, in the air. No, 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 no. And I think that's really that's really smart of them to kind yeah. of... Well, I, I know it's upsetting for fans because they want to know, when do I get the fucking mm-hmm. playlist? But I would rather them not overpromise. I, I want to say something about CD Projekt Red. I don't know a lot about the European ecosystem and developing out there, mm. but they seem like they're marching to a different like pedigree. They have like different standards and, and tests. It's true. And they don't want to Dragon Age Inquisition like the Witcher games, so they take their times with them. You know, they what make does it, that mean? Just fuck it up. And anyway, they want to take their time with these <laughs> I don't games. I don't even know if that was like, <laughs> that, like they, they came to not fine, Daniel. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it. Fine, personally. Dragon Age to it. There you go. There we go. Nailed it. Origins, whatever you want to get into. Mass Effect Andromeda would have been the most apt. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, it takes a lot of workshopping yeah. on the show. Which sometimes. Bioware Dragon are we going to do? People forget that this is an improv show. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but CD Projekt Red takes their time with their games, and there's a lot of hype and anticipation for it, so they're not going to rush sure. it. And I'm sure they won't get it overseas to us until it's ready. So. Right, and that's the only time it should be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip ahead, and I'm really excited about this one, but you need to kind of like take a walk with me. All right, number five. Whew, I'm trying to decide what kind of voice, what kind of cadence I need to have here. I want you to know something, and oftentimes yeah, I do ahead. read through the docs or read your yeah. news ahead of time. Yeah, you look up my skirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of this episode I haven't read through your story beats or what your writing's uh, like, so a lot of this is catching uh, me first guard, so... Work your magic on me. Okay, let me get closer to the mic. Mm, sexy. The studio behind the sublime choice-driven Until Dawn are going career with this horror business. That, that, that didn't need to be said that way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Supermassive Games. <laughs> Supermassive Games, in conjunction with Bandai Namco, have announced the Dark Pictures Anthology. Uh, and, and then in the docs, it just says, cue storm clap here, Daniel. Oh, that's a bit... I guess that's all we're getting. <laughs> I kind of envisioned like... You want me to edit that in? Yeah. If you can somehow make a lightning flash happen when people are listening to this... Just out in real ooh, life. That's not good for people listening it on their drive home. Okay, this podcast is only release, recently available on four yeah. other platforms. This right. isn't an AR podcast. God damn Tech it. isn't there. God damn it. Moving on. The Dark Pictures name will serve as an umbrella to standalone stories all linked by one theme. They're going to be fucking scary. <laughs> the first goose bump in this series, you like what I did there? Mm-hmm. Set for release in 2019 is a nautical nauseator called Man of Medan. <laughs> you like that? You play as one of four American vacationers who are kidnapped by and plopped onto a ghost ship. Did the ghost ship kidnap them? Why did I write that? Oh, I should have edited this way. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, I'd sure hate to walk that plank. <laughs> insert sound of plank breaking and you falling into the water (laughs) this is all going smoothly in my head (laughs) so far supermassive is committed to four games under the dark pictures banner hoping to achieve a release cadence of two ghastly games a year though the games borrow heavily from until dawn they'll be shorter experiences roughly five hours long each and are using unreal 4 to go multi-platform. As Engadget explains it, Until Dawn's Decima engine belongs to Guerrilla Games 
and Guerrilla Games belongs to Sony. Oh, damn. Man of Medan surfaces from the depths next year on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Tell me about your excitement for this. I'm actually really excited about this prospect. I know you are. Because they could have taken Until Dawn and beat it to the ground a thousand times over. It was kind of a stretch for them to do Rush of Blood, the VR uh, expansion yeah. that they did yeah well. but they did it and i'm sure they saw some numbers and feedback from that so i think it's, don't do more <laughs> yeah i think it's cool that they're kind of doing this partnership and turning it into anthology horror and maybe set in that universe like kind of cloverfield did a little bit mm-hmm. um but... well well every, everything's set in the dark pictures universe okay. so until dawn is thrown to the wayside they well, can't use it anymore because it's a it's sony, sony it's a sony property. that's cool it's still fine because right. i think that idea is really exciting to tell like five to ten hour experiences mm-hmm. really consumable that's what horror should be right like it... long form horror is kind of weird look at american horror story yeah, that's a good point. So, Even that's an anthology. Yeah. They just shouldn't be like 20 episode seasons or whatever the fuck they no, are. No, like if you're going to tell the story of four uh, vacationers sinking, like swimming to the depths to find like a, a sunken ship or treasure and, and tell their story. <laughs> that's that's cool. Yeah. Sinking to the depths. They just, that, that's a short story. They yeah. just jump in the water and drown. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got the, it's got Iceman. It's got the guy that played Iceman in X2. Iceman and X2. X-Men Sean United? Astin? Yeah, Sean Astin. <laughs> oh my his God. Name. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. What yeah. the fuck? Or it could be his twin brother. You know how he has a twin brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So whoever... Which one was in Animorphs? Was it Sean Astin? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it was Sean Astin. That's a deep cut right there, yeah. man. First oh, started. this they should do an Animorphs anthology series. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. So... No, I, I'm into it. I think uh, the, the serialized horror, good approach. Mm-hmm. I think especially since it's like one of those things where they are kind of doing a don't nod where it's like we're gonna do we're not gonna be telltale we're not gonna release like every fucking like three months we want to do two main stories a year i think that's a good little little kind of that's something i didn't know that kind of made me like turn my head a little bit i was like two Mm -hmm. a year okay that's interesting yeah yeah but like put as much you know quality into those experiences and they don't necessarily have to tie into each other but Mm -hmm. we're gonna tell different kind of horror stories within it that's so fucking That's neat. exciting. We haven't really seen anything like that. Because that like the was... the VHS of video games. <laughs> right. That was the problem I had with Until Dawn. It seemed mm-hmm. like they tried to fit too many horror genres into one. There were like... It was bursting with tropes for no good reason. And it didn't even like satirize it. Like if they did no. the the um, Cabin in the Wood approach and actually like did something with all those tropes that meant something, mm-hmm. I'd be like, cool, this is awesome. But they... Right. Tied them together in a way that was neat instead of just like, so we started Slasher yeah. Movie, then we went to Saw, and then suddenly it's just Monster in the Woods. And for some reason there had to be like a poltergeisty yeah. like ghost moment in the basement too. Like, yeah. Too much, guys. Yeah. So but, this is a better idea. But that feat is a feat. Like, I think Supermassive did a great job with Until Dawn, and I'm excited oh, yeah. to see them do more here. Uh, I want to see, since they're partnering with Bando Namkai, give me Ikatamori Damacy. Bando Namkai? <laughs> Namco Holy Bando. shit. Did I always get it wrong? <laughs> Bando Namkai! <laughs> <laughs> I want to see them do, like, a Katamari horror game. A Katamari body horror game. <laughs> no, not body horror. Don't go I G- had this pitch. No, not G- Where you got a Katamari from the inside of a human being rolling up their fucking nervous system. Are we calling back episode one? Yeah, Katamari we are, my dude. Body? I think about my Katamari inside you. <laughs> That's what I named it. Okay. Katamari Ooh. inside you idea all the time. Every day. Let's Katamari and roll to the next, to the next one. It's the last one I okay. got actually on here. Speaking of... Uh, life is strange sir number six developer don't not has finally pulled back the veil on life is strange 2 the five episode arc leaves max chloe and their hellas behind in arcadia bay and begins in the suburbs of 
Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Players control Sean Diaz, a 16-year-old whose concerns mostly revolve around trying to score with his crush and scrounging up some beer money for an upcoming Halloween party. Is he in school? He's in school. That's all that matters. But life is... <laughs> <laughs> but life is mundane might be difficult to stretch across five episodes. So here comes the strange. Sean's little brother, Daniel gets into it with a neighborhood bully, and the situation escalates badly. Hmm. Sean goes all mice of men, or wait, 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 of mice and men on the bully. <laughs> Is that the name of the... Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> John Seibach? Who, yep, 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 yep. Who ends, who ends up hitting his noggin on a rock. A police officer shows up, banding a gun, and the brother's sweet old dad intervenes, which of course means he gets shot square in the chest. <laughs> a second later, a supernatural explosion leaves everyone except the brother's dead life is death life is death the series follows the diaz boys as they trek south in an attempt to cross the mexican border as in the original you'll have to make tough choices but beyond affecting the story your impressionable little brother will be influenced by your actions expect high emotion and bitchin music throughout the first episode of life life is strange 2 will be available september 27th on pc ps4 and xbox one that's cool I was watching, it's like a 40-minute video of, mm-hmm. like, the beginning of episode one. Yeah, dude, I was right back there with it. Because I was kind of trepidatious where I was like, eh, how are you, you going to pull me in again and do it quickly? Mm-hmm. And they did it. I think for us, too, because we didn't play uh, the prequel, right? No, we didn't before play... Before the Storm? Before the Storm, I didn't okay. play it. No, no, no. no I hear it's gotten a lot of, like, a critical acclaim. I think the third episode kind of lagged for some people. Mm-hmm. But I heard good things about that. I remember Life is Strange, the first episode, being something that was kind of a deal breaker for a lot of people. Wasn't there a year or two between the first episode and the second one, though? Because they were trying to do it, like, episodically. I think it came out, like, in one year. Yeah. And then because of, like, where it was placed, it came out, like, the next year. The rest of the episodes came yeah, out. Yeah, but it wasn't, like, a year gap. It was uh, just, like, a weird, like, lag between it where they were like, oh, fuck, we gotta double back and, like... Well, yeah, because they were listening to, like, fan response Yeah, for sure. Um, And then most recently I played The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. I didn't play that. That actually brought me right back into it, too. Just the Mm -hmm. sort of level of immersion that it has for an adventure game. And Mm -hmm. that interactive narrative that, sorry, Telltale, you don't got it. They they hit this beat where their storytelling is so fucking top-notch because Mm -hmm. it goes after that kind of emotional pulling. So, like, in the the gameplay footage that I was watching, there's just this very short interaction between uh, you, Sean. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know it's confusing. Daniel's his brother. You're Daniel. Can we rename them? No, we can't. I'm sorry. Sorry. What are you going to call him? (laughs) Not Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's an interaction where they're in their uh, garage, uh, his dad is there working on a car and they're kind of having this interaction where you get to choose just like life is strange is one, like mm-hmm. say this, withhold this. And there's this one moment where your dad straight up asks you like, why are you asking for money? Are you going to use it for the party tonight? Are you going to buy some beer, mm-hmm. some weed? He's like, be honest with me. And you have the choice to be like, no, no, it's not like that. Or you can just be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> and so in the demo, they showed him saying, yeah, probably. And his dad was like, okay. All right. And gives him 40 bucks. He's like, wow, what, really? And he's like, I like that you're straight up with me. I really respect that. <laughs> and you have this one moment where you have this thought where it's like, damn, you know, my dad's a pain in the ass sometimes, but it's like, I still love him. And it's like that little interaction where it's like, fuck, I felt that for a second. Mm-hmm. I felt that where they have that very, that teenager versus single dad experience. Yeah. Uh, where my dude's just trying and he's trying his best and it may not be like the best path forward maybe another parent wouldn't do it Mm -hmm. but you have that feeling of like my dude's doing it 
And to get that in such a little microcosm moment, it was just like, fuck, dude, you got me already. I like that um, Don't Nod with these games really gets the idea of family dynamics and relationships. Because, like, all of them play very differently and intricately across all the games. Like, the way Max interacts with their family in Life is Strange 1 or how... um, I forget his name, the little boy in uh, Captain Spirit. Right, he interacts right. with his, because uh, that's a single dad, but that's more of an abusive, traumatic environment. Um, but that's cool. That's really genuine. And it really I like, is super genuine. I like that sort of uh, dialogue branches too. You have another one where you, you have a like a good old friend of yours named uh, Layla, I think. And Layla. She, she's like, Layla, bring it to my knees, Layla. <laughs> and she's encouraging you on to like, you know, uh, uh, basically facebook poke uh your crush and whatnot mm-hmm. and meet up with her at the party and stuff and i'm just thinking in the back of my head where it's like damn what a classic situation where this layla chick is probably way better for sean than like this crush that he has because mm-hmm. she's so supportive and they talk and they're best friends and stuff and i was just like man i like how humanistic this is and then in don't nod life is strange fashion shit goes upside down mm-hmm. <laughs> shit gets really fucked really quick and then we have to pivot from there I'm there with you, man. I'm yeah. there with that story. Even though I like to digest these games in one single, like, you know, experience, mm-hmm. I hate, I hate waiting, waiting between episodes. I think I'm going to do it for this one. You think so? I don't really want to wait for some of these. I'm really interested. Like, I'm already invested from gameplay I didn't even play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they have me. They that's, have me for Life is Strange. That's too. kind of interesting. And yeah. I think because next year is going to be very packed with games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, to stagger it rather than having a whole, like, 10. Mm-hmm. our thing you have to plug your time into to split it up it's like cool that's digestible like you can sit down in an afternoon and play that right like, like I, cool what's next like i don't have to worry about my whole week being taken no. up by like life is strange episodes yeah, it's not bloodborne like oh i'll fucking i'll nail down a thursday where i, I catch up with the diaz brothers oh wild <laughs> 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 these are my inner monologues of what i i plan out my days do you listen to the diaz brothers by uh the mountain goats <laughs> no what is Nick, can we start the recording with that? With the Diaz brothers by the Mountain Goats? <laughs> Fuck. Um, I, I'm actually most interested to see the connective mm. tissue between Captain Spirit and this one. Mm. Because they set, they are still tenuously set in the same universe. And there is this kind of lead-in from that last one that kind of shows maybe there's a supernatural arc again. It seems like those elements Arcadia are there. Bay, Oregon, Seattle, like those were all set pieces in the last games. But I, I really am... Uh, okay, so... Chloe and Max's story seems like a closed loop to me. Yes. I don't want to revisit their story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know how you reconcile what people would consider their ending. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can get two different endings from it's the true. first game. So yes. how do you go like, oh yeah, either Arcadia Bay is a fucking ruin mm-hmm. or fucking Blue Head is dead. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. I think yeah. Don't Nod beats Supermassive to the punch because then they're telling like, set anthology stories for different characters mm. in the same universe. And that's cool. I think they can do it. I think I'm going to knock it out of the park. Anything else you want to say about um, Life is Strange 2? Um, or Square Enix? Let me, uh, or about Square Enix in <laughs> yeah. general? Do you have anything that you need As to As a publisher, yeah. you mean to say? Are you trying to... <laughs> no, we did a whole hot take episode about we that. We did. Oh my god. Thank you guys for listening to that, by the way. Sorry it was like an hour for too sure. long. But that's just us. That's what we do. And we'll do it again. No, I think uh, I think that's... that's. I'm excited for that game. Mm-hmm. I think I'm excited for a lot of the games that we discussed nice. on this episode. Which is very rare for me. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, every game we've talked about and every slot, save from yeah. uh, Devil May Cry 5 for me. I'm kind of... Hey, what on. the fuck, dude? What do you got against Nero, huh? Sorry, man. I just don't get him. Is it because of his fucking prosthetic limb? You think he's not original? <laughs> you, you, you think there may be uh, another game coming out in the same time frame? Uh, thought of it first. Let me tell you what. Everyone 
everyone has the right to the prosthetic limb mechanic. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they're both left arms, they're plagiarism. Fuck. It's plagiarism, dog. Fuck. <laughs> no, I think we can nip this one in the bud. Thank you again so much for listening to us. I know we don't have a... We over-topicked. We over-annexed on a topic last episode, so there's no topic in this episode. But I had fun with that one, too. So. It was a good Yeah, I like that we're kind of undercompensating here. It's because it's like, yeah. well, we did the job. Yeah, there was just a glut of news and a lot of like Gamescom stuff coming out that we wanted to cover. Um, There will be a weird cadence for next week uh, with the episode, I think, because I'm doing packs all weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we want to handle that? Do you want to do a PAX rundown or do you want to roll like that into like a different episode? Um, I think there would be a little bit of like, there's probably going to be a lot of announcements to talk about, mm-hmm. but also I'm getting some hands-on time with that. But That's true. Uh, actually, this episode will be up before I go to PAX. So please, guys, check out the Twitter. I'm mm-hmm. going to be posting yeah. a shit ton. Come from say the... that. And if you see him out there, come say hi to that one half of the Save Room Boys. One half of the Save Room Boys. I am not going. Yeah, I'm Kevin and I got hair mm-hmm. and some glasses and I'll be wearing a Mega Man t-shirt. You're yeah. just going to be going up to like random people in cosplay like, welcome to the save room, I'm Kevin, and like putting the mic up to him and like, what is this? What the fuck? What's happening? Uh, okay, are you one of those influencers I've heard Is this so a Rick about? and Morty bit? What's happening is here? Is this, where's Eric Andre? <laughs> he's going to come fucking kicking out of a, he's a gonna booth. Be, he's going to be dressed as Luigi and just fucking like, <laughs> like kick you straight in the back. <laughs> oh my God. No, okay, check out the Twitter, at Save Room Show. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of PAX content this weekend. Otherwise, you can catch me on Twitch, uh, at twitch.tv slash the red herb or daniel at dungeons and daniels just you don't you don't like doing the twitch.tv part or twitch.tv slash i'm an affiliate dude i gotta make sure the brand yeah i keep the brand strong (laughs) i'm on my way to affiliate i'm I'm 20 followers shy right now and keep in mind you can find this podcast a lot of places now it's not just soundcloud which but to remind you soundcloud.com slash the save room show but otherwise you can find us on google play you can find us on itunes stitcher and something called intunes i don't know the fuck that is you asked them we delivered and hopefully uh coming up in the next few months to year or so we can keep giving you more things you like on different platforms all right that's been us be good to each other y'all